TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Steven for Gerilyn tonight. It is Steel Talking. Jonathan Lowe is our producer on this Sunday evening. A little bit later on, we'll have the football scores for you. And speaking of football... You mentioned the name Brett Favre, and you think Green Bay Packers. You think at the end of his career, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre. Well, he is embroiled in a welfare scandal in his home state of Mississippi, and it involves a former governor, and there have been some new revelations in this uh, continuing scandal uh, downriver. And joining us from Mississippi today is Anna Wolf. Anna, thanks so much for the time tonight. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, from a far-flung state, uh, welfare scandal might make the news, might make the newspapers here. But when you have a former governor and a pro football Hall of Famer like Brett Favre, it really does raise eyebrows. And there have been new revelations, particularly texts, uh, in in the work you've done, uh, tying Brett Favre to this scandal, it it mm-hmm. it's a big deal. It is. It really is. Um, you know, this scandal has been sort of unfolding for over two years now. So we first found out back in early 2020. Uh, we broke a story about how five million dollars in welfare money went to build a volleyball stadium at the University of Southern Mississippi that uh, Brett Favre was uh, promoting and, and sort of took credit for raising the money for. Um, and then the auditor came out and, and, and revealed that he had received another million dollars himself from the welfare program for speaking engagements um, for speeches that he uh, never gave, according to the auditor's office. Um, and, you know, for the last two years, we've known about this, but we just kind of didn't hear anything more about it. Um, you know, n- no charges were filed or anything like that. And we're kind of learning more about how that happened um, based on his connection with the former governor, Phil Bryant, um, and their use of this very flexible welfare fund uh, to, to basically spend the money on however, you know, wh- how, whatever they wanted to. Well, and and how exactly does this work? You, you, you think welfare that you know, people need to fill out paperwork and need to be vetted in order to receive some sort of public assistance. I, I can speak to this. Uh, my daughter's disabled. She was injured when she was 12. She's now in her mid-20s. We have to fill out a lot of paperwork. People come to the home. People check us out to make sure that, uh, you know, she's getting 
every nickel she deserves, but not a nickel yeah. more. I, I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine millions flowing to build a volleyball court. I mean, that's what makes it so offensive, right? Um, yeah. You know, this, this particular federal fund, it's called Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, and it funds, uh, the, it's a, pro, a, a block grant, so it goes to states and states can spend it basically however they wish, but it's mostly well known for providing the welfare check, you know, cash welfare assistance to very poor families. But over the last 30 years, 25, 30 years in this program's existence, the number of people who have actually applied for and gotten approved for that cash assistance has has just continually dropped to like, a, you know, almost there's almost no population um, under this program receiving cash assistance. And the last the last time I looked, there was around 200 or 300 adults receiving cash welfare assistance in the state of Mississippi, uh, you know, a state of three million people with the highest poverty rate in the nation. So um, you saw where over time the you know politicians and government leaders realized that they could really manipulate this fund. Um, you know, as long as it wasn't going to people in need, they could use the money for other things. So, you know, they knew they couldn't just take the money, embezzle it, and put it in this volleyball stadium. So they had to come up with this creative grant, uh, kind of a creative way to say that they were helping in, pe- helping people in poverty with this money. Um, they said that a nonprofit was going to use the building, the, the volleyball facility, to provide programming to very poor families, like like parenting classes and, um, you know, rallies for teenagers, that kind of thing. And that's how they got away with it. When in reality, these people are trying to figure out where their next meal is going to come from or how to pay the electric bill or pay the rent. That's right. Yeah. Um, the, the next question, in, in all the reporting you've done at Mississippi Today and your colleagues on this story, um, Upriver here in Minnesota, we, we know the name Brett Favre, uh, familiar with the name of the, the former governor, and we're wondering what's next, that based on the evidence that, that's been laid out, these these are pretty serious charges, and you, you would think that uh, the wheels of justice would be turning. Where, where, where are we at on, on that front, Anna? So there were six people arrested related to this overall scheme of misspending welfare money in Mississippi, not related to the volleyball stadium in particular. But um, those those people have uh, four of those people have pleaded guilty. Two of them are, are crucial to the scheme related to the volleyball stadium, and they have agreed to cooperate with prosecutors, um, which you know typically means they're looking at someone maybe higher up the chain. And that federal investigation is ongoing. So we do know that um, the the feds are investigating. Uh, There was a new U.S. attorney appointed uh, just here recently, uh, nominated rather, in this district. And so he will inherit that investigation. And so I think we can expect to see, you know, if they find what they need to, to bring some charges. There is a separate state civil suit that's going on that Brett Favre is named in. And so the state is trying to recoup uh, over $3 million from Brett Favre, and this is related to not the volleyball stadium again, but this $1 million that he received for um, promoting the welfare program, and then another $2 million that he um, allegedly helped uh, funnel to this pharmaceutical startup company that he was investing in. Um, so this, I mean, the, the scheme is multi-layered, multi-pronged, and he is sort of all up in the middle of it as a very influential player uh, just kind of astonishingly, but a very influential player in the state's welfare program and how that money was spent. 
Yeah, and it, it it then begs the question that that beyond what what's happening at the state level, there there certainly could be some serious jeopardy uh, with the feds involved now looking at at this scheme. Yeah, that's right. So the feds haven't brought any charges thus far in this welfare case, um, but they are they have been investigating for the last two years, and I think we can expect to see you know here relatively soon um, what they plan to do. Uh, you know, they're very tight lipped, so they haven't given a, a lot away about what they're looking at. But um, they did interview Favre a couple years ago when this kind of first came out. They did interview him about the one million dollars that he received. But there's just been so much more information that has been made public since then that really show how he was connected to these uh, these welfare figures and really like reveal some more of the intentionality there. Right. So at one point. Brett Favre texted this nonprofit founder who was receiving all of this welfare money and who he was working with to to get the welfare money over to the volleyball stadium. And he asked her if it would be basically if they could make it work by giving him the money, uh, you know, under a promotional gig, like a sponsorship, essentially, if he would cut ads, radio ads for the welfare program. So think of this. He's getting a million dollars from the welfare program in order to publicize that these services exist to people in poverty um, so that they will know about them. And he asks Nancy, uh, the nonprofit founder, if they're able to do it, will the media ever find out how much money you gave me and where it came from? And so I think that shows how they were attempting to operate in secrecy. Um, That gives, you know, speaks to his intentionality here and sort of that he knew what he was doing. Um, What what has Favre said about all of this uh, have you or uh, another reporter at mississippi today been able to reach far what what's his comment been? that's a good question so we reached him in the very beginning you know when this first came out and you know we were the first ones to 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 figure out how he was connected to this welfare scheme in in the beginning in general and so but you know before the auditor ever de- you know demanded pay- repayment from him or cited him in an audit we reached out to him and that was, so he was, he was more willing to re- respond to us because there wasn't, you know, law enforcement wasn't involved yet from his perspective. Um, and wh- what he told us was that all his discussions with these welfare officials were about one thing. And that was economic development, which was kind of an interesting explanation. He also said, when I asked him by text message, if he had ever discussed the volleyball stadium with the governor, he said, no. And these text messages just revealed this past week, illustrate that he in fact did have conversations with him about the volleyball stadium so if everything was you know was was up to code if everything was okay why would he say that he didn't have those conversations the main thing though that he is saying in all of this is that he didn't know that the money was coming from the welfare fund um, which i think is that's that's crucial to his defense here but i think these text messages show that you know maybe at least the, the source of the fund was something he wasn't supposed to be using if he was worried about the media finding out. And then additionally, he was talking with the head of the welfare department, uh, which is the Mississippi Department of Human Services. That's the state agency that administers public assistance dollars in Mississippi. So he knew the money was coming from that agency. Now, does Brett Favre know what the Mississippi Department of Human Services is? I don't, I don't know, but um, I'll tell you that they are the, the, state agency that people in poverty go to for assistance. So that's what that money is supposed to be used for. 
Anna Wolf, reporter Mississippi Today, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Um, about the text, how are, how are these accessed? Uh, how did you get access to these texts, or can't you reveal that? Yeah, um, that's a good question. So these particular texts were actually filed into court um, in the state civil suit uh, that I mentioned earlier. This is the suit sure. that is attempting to recoup money that was uh, paid out improperly. So they are uh, public record. They are public record at this point. There were some other messages. Yeah, I mentioned that pharmaceutical company that uh, Favre helped funnel money to, and um, and there were some other text messages that really show that the the governor was involved from a um, perspective of, of personally gaining from it. He, Favre had offered the governor stock in this company in exchange for his help as governor. And uh, and so that was kind of a separate story. But uh, as you can tell, it's very multi-pronged. And there, there are a lot of different things that I think that federal authorities would be interested in pursuing here. And, and what what does the former governor, Phil Bryan, had to say about all of this? What, what has he said on the record? So regarding the, the text messages uh, about the pharmaceutical company, this story came out several months ago. But we did we were able to, at that point, sit down with him, and he told us, that he did not read his text messages carefully enough to appreciate what Favre was asking of him. So when the Favre would say, hey, you know, we got our money from the state. Thanks for that. And the governor just said, sounds good, or, you know, whatever mm. positive response he, he replied. He told us, he explained that by saying that he didn't read his text carefully enough, which viewers can take that <laughs> how they will. Yeah, and Anna, another part of this, uh, how is this reporting being received? You, you have a former governor, powerful people. You have Brett Favre, a, a folk hero in Mississippi. Uh, wh- what are you hearing uh, about all of this? You know, from the people who know about how public assistance works in Mississippi, it's it's really the reaction is, that they're not surprised that this could happen. Um, we are in a state that has deprioritized programs to people in poverty. Um, we have used money that the federal government gives us to solve poverty in ways that are totally ideologically um, influenced. So, you know, the, the welfare program in Mississippi doesn't prioritize the outcome of people leaving poverty. It really more is used uh to satisfy this notion that people in poverty really just need like a pep talk from Brett Favre or, you know, um, motivational speaking in order to escape poverty. And it prioritizes that over, you know, putting an actual dent in poverty. So people are not surprised that this money could have been siphoned away like this. Um, that's the reaction that I've, I've come across. Um, well, Anna, good to visit with you. Thank you for your reporting on this uh, story, and uh, I, I, I get the sense that there's still more to come. Oh, yeah, definitely. We're still pulling that thread. Yeah. Uh, MississippiToday.org is the website and the reporter, Anna Wolf. Anna, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right. Anna Wolf, MississippiToday.org. Quite a story. 
involving uh, a folk hero in his own right in these parts. Former Green Bay, former Viking quarterback, Brett Favre embroiled in this scandal uh, back home in Mississippi. And I invite you to go and and read uh, more about this. It is uh, something. 823 here at News Talk, E3OWCCO. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It is Steel talking here on a Sunday night. Gerald Linton has the night off. Steve Thompson sitting in. I've been on weekends for a while. Here at News Talk, K3OWCCO, lately Saturday afternoons, and then uh, filling in for Henry Lake from time to time. I was in Friday night following uh, the Twins' loss to Cleveland. Uh, Twins win today. Joe Ryan was great, 3-0. Twins are six games back with 18 to go, uh, and you can quickly do the math. Pretty easy. If Cleveland goes 8-8, Twins need to go 14-2 to tie in the division, by the way, the Vikes play uh, tomorrow night. We'll have some football scores a little bit later on uh, here on the program. Jonathan Lowe is our producer. And still to come on the show tonight, Christopher Phelan, professor of economics from the University of Minnesota. Uh, Inflation is still a big deal. The numbers are not good. It had an impact on the stock market. Now, prices at the pump, what we're paying for gas, continues to trend down. But that not that's not the entire story. So we'll get into that. Uh, we'll talk consumer price index and when we might see some relief because the Fed on the other side is raising interest rates. So the cost of money, borrowing money, credit cards, car loans, mortgages, et cetera, et cetera, continue to go up. So, so we'll talk a little economics Coming up after 8.30 uh, here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. And still to come on the program tonight, after 9, uh, St. Paul, uh, the city of my birth. I was born at Bethesda Hospital, a lot longer, uh, a lot longer than I want to admit, but uh, was born in St. Paul. And uh, the city of St. Paul, of course, looking at rent stabilization, and we will visit with uh, Amy Brenmullen, uh, St. Paul's Ward 5 Councilwoman and current City Council President, about rent stabilization and how that could positively impact renters and how it will impact uh, landlords as well. We'll do that following the news and weather at 9 o'clock. A little bit later on, circle back around to sports, uh, talk some more football, week two of the NFL little college football as well. The Minnesota Golden Gophers uh, 
three and zero out of the gate. They've blown out three bad teams so far. And Jonathan, uh, they have Michigan State. Uh, they go to East Lansing, and they are slight underdogs. Uh, Gophers parties next Saturday. Yeah, Michigan State was a top ten team. I I have not looked at the polls today. I'll look at that in a little bit to see if they stayed in after really getting handled pretty easily by Washington uh, yesterday. Yeah, last they got night blown in Seattle. Out. So, yeah, um, I think Sparty will be angry, and an angry Sparty is not usually a good Sparty to to face. <laughs> right. So. Uh, we'll see what happens next Saturday, but I think if the Gophers win that one, the way that some of these teams have been bubbling up early in the season, I think if they win in, in East Lansing, I think they will be ranked by this time next Sunday. Yeah, and you, you look at the rankings right now, Georgia number one, uh, Alabama two, Ohio State three, Michigan four, Clemson five. And then uh, you go down the list. Penn State's jumped to 14. Washington in the poll, they're at 18. And that's it. Minnesota got votes. Michigan State got votes. That is uh, the Week 3 AP Top 25. So uh, Minnesota hasn't played anybody, but they have blown out three bad teams. So you got to give them credit for that. But a big step up in talent on the road in the Big Ten. And as they say, uh, it, it is certainly going to be a challenge on the road in, in the Big Ten. And I think they were, what, two-and-a-half-point underdogs uh, going into that game next Saturday. That was the early line. Chris Ottman-Bell uh, injured in that game and that win over Colorado, that blowout win. But Moe. Ibrahim has been lights out and just absolutely phenomenal for the Golden Gophers so far. So quick break, we'll come back, a little weather, and then uh, some Econ 101 coming up here on News Talk, E3O-WCCO. Sunday night, Steedle talking. Jalen has a night off. Steve Thompson sitting in. Jonathan Lowe is our producer. And we'll circle back around to the football scores a little bit later on on the program tonight. Talk a little more MLB. Twins get a win today. Probably too little too late. They're not mathematically eliminated, but it is a tough uh, uphill climb for the Twins with 16 to go, and they're six back in the division. Right now, uh, speaking of the math, uh, we're going to talk about the economy. And, and the numbers, and we're pleased to be joined by a uh, professor of economics from the University of Minnesota, Christopher Phelan. Uh, good to visit with you tonight, and uh, not the best news on inflation, even though gasoline prices continue to fall, there still is upward pressure in other parts of our economy. Hi, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, thank you. The Inflation numbers for the last several months have been pretty flat. Year over year is a, is horrible. It's over 8%. But month, the reason we tend to do year over year is because month to month can bump around a lot. But it's still the case for the last few months. Prices have been about, on average, the same as they were the month before. They're just 8% higher than they were a year before. 
and and politically that that's certainly a lightning rod issue but we we've seen fuel prices particularly gasoline or diesel which which are a big deal in our economy continue to go down but but other prices haven't haven't gone down do you expect fuel to lead the way and other prices to eventually trend down the track record for economists for predicting where prices are going to go is really really bad uh i tend not to predict uh other than say you know really i don't have any idea and if you hear somebody i guess if your listeners had one thing if you hear somebody who's absolutely confident about what's going to happen they just seem to know what's going to happen they're probably misinformed or lying this is just not something that you should be that confident about knowing what the future is going to hold. Uh, I would say that the last several months, especially the last month of data, were that the only reason prices didn't go up on average was because gasoline and diesel came down and a few other things. Yeah. But the, it, 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 what, what I was going to ask you beyond that, you know, fuel – supply and demand futures markets all of those sorts of things it it gets complicated but uh, demand started to trend down the prices have been trending down but beyond that there are other things in the economy that that have to be puzzling because we're coming out of covid-19 really in in our modern economy an unprecedented shutdown if you will uh, you you have unemployment generally at all time lows uh the there's also a lot of positives in the economy to to go along with with the bad news on inflation. It's a very puzzling time right now for economists. Most times of recessions, they're kind of all the same. You tell me we're in a recession, I'll tell you what's going on with everything. That is not true this time. Output is down, and almost always when output is down, what I mean by output is just the total sum in terms of dollar value of what we're producing. Uh, It's down. That's usually the definition of a recession. And almost always when that happens, unemployment is really high, not low. Uh, So this is a strange time. Uh, Somewhat uncharted waters, I guess I would put it. So because it's not like every other downturn, it makes predicting what's going to happen hard. I, I would it, assume I, could be I, I would, down because of supply shocks. Yeah, and and I would I would suppose that with the with the supply chain that that makes it difficult. And I was thinking uh, about vehicles. Drive by any car lot, there there still aren't a lot of new vehicles to be had. I think the supply is getting a little better, but but there is also that pent up demand as well. Um, if you do want a new vehicle, you're going to pay. Uh, sticker or more in many cases. Um, so, so there's there's the big ticket items, but I would assume it also is uh, even uh, with with the holiday season coming up, the the upward pressure and the demand because of the challenges of supply chain that still exist. Yeah, one of the it's not a bad rule of thumb for thinking about inflation. It's too much money chasing too few goods. And we've been doing both. Uh, the Fed has been increasing the supply of money pretty fast, uh, a lot in reaction to COVID. 
Uh, they wanted to keep the economy up, so they increased the money supply. And the supply chain issues caused that that's the too much money, and the supply chain issues are causing too few goods. Uh, so again, inflation is too much money chasing too few goods, and we got both going on. Uh, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline is Professor of Economics from the University of Minnesota, Christopher Phelan. Uh, it looks as though our economy dodged a huge bullet uh, when that rail strike was averted. We talked about supply chain. That would have had huge ramifications in the here and now and a ripple effect had there been a rail strike. Um, I'm not an expert on that, but I tend to agree. A lot of stuff gets compared to, you know, everyone's always talking about the fact that in Europe, their trains seem to be so great. Um, you can get from here to there very quickly and very comfortably, but they tend to use their railroad tracks for people. Uh, and they're not very good at using their railroad tracks for stuff. They tend to use trucks for stuff. We tend to do the exact opposite. We have a great rail system for stuff, uh, not a great rail system for people. Mostly it's because things are spread out here and it makes more sense to fly. Uh, but yes, the amount of stuff that's handled by our pretty good railroad system uh, is enormous. I, we tend to even, you know, almost all of agriculture, uh, a good amount of our oil, which we should probably be putting through pipelines instead. Uh, but yes, it would have been bad. Yeah, and hard, hard to predict what what would have happened or what the ultimate impact. So in the short term, that was averted. Uh, if labor ratifies the deal, it, it will be permanently averted, but it, it looks as though no rail strike in the near future. The other thing we keep hearing about is the Fed and what they're doing with interest rates and the cost to money, whether that's credit cards or a car loan, um, and then ultimately the impact on, on mortgages. And I know mortgages are a little bit different, that that's really one of the tools they have to fight inflation, and that is to raise interest rate. Stock market doesn't seem to like that. Well, if you just go, first of all, I am an advisor to Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis, but I'm only speaking for myself when I say anything on this. Sure. Uh, the whenever interest rates go up, I mean, what do you get when you own a company? You get the right to all their your share uh, of all their future profits. But literally when interest rates go up, it means that we're valuing anything in the future less. So it makes sense that when interest rates go up, stock prices go down. You're, you're, you're just valuing less what you get when you buy a company, which is all these things 10 years, 20 years in the future. Yeah, and it's... Is that really the most effective tool, though, I, I think in a bigger picture, um, to, to fight inflation, to continue to make money, if you will, more expensive? Uh, one of the things I guess I've heard, and, and I'm hoping you can speak to this, uh, Americans tend to rely on credit heavily. And, and making that more expensive could have a tremendous impact on an individual's budget. I think that's the only real tool they have. I mean, they have other tools, but they're all kind of the same. Mostly all the Fed can really do is decide how many pieces of paper, and they're not actually pieces of paper anymore, they're entries in computers, how many little green pieces of paper that say 100 or 50 on them 
uh, to create or destroy. Uh, they create money by buying things, and they destroy it by selling something that they bought in the past. And what they're doing by raising interest rates is basically saying, we're not going to buy as much in financial markets as we have been. So they're not creating as much money, which is, yeah, that's exactly what they have to do. And when they do that, yeah, it hurts people. So they don't go out and buy as much or attempt to buy as much. But people attempting to buy a ton of stuff is exactly what's causing the inflation. Inflation is always caused by people going out and trying to buy more than they did before, bidding up prices. So it's unfortunate because, yeah, you hurt people in the wallet. They don't go out and buy as much, but that's the only way to stop inflation. And the impact globally, you, you hear this idea that, you know, it's a global economy and that the, the United States isn't going it alone, that uh, earlier this year fuel prices, a global commodity like, like oil, uh, it, it was high everywhere in the world. And... I would assume the United States is not alone seeing higher prices uh, for for food, clothing, et cetera. Well, that is true. We've been seeing an uptick in inflation uh, through a lot of the developed world. The the thing is that you're not going to see it, – it's, it's a mistake to think that inflation is caused by this price or that price going up and then filtering through the economy. If you don't have generally – a big, there's not a lot of historical episodes where we've seen significant inflation without significant money creation because one price has gone up. Because what usually happens if there isn't significant money creation, when the price of oil goes up, people do spend more on oil. But since they only have so much money, they spend less on other things. So the average, you know, some prices go up oil, other prices go down because people are trying to buy less of that other stuff because they're buying the oil. If you get a general increase in everything, that's because something's causing people to go out and want to buy more of everything. And that's usually caused by the central bank of the country uh, basically creating too much money in that country. Well, uh, fascinating discussion. Uh Pleasure to visit with you tonight, Christopher Phelan, Professor of Economics, University of Minnesota. Uh, thanks so much for the time and the insight. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. We will take a break. We'll come back with much more here on News Talk. E3O WCCO. Gerilyn has the night off. Steve Thompson sitting in for her. Jonathan Lowe is our producer. They are at the half in Green Bay. The oldest rivalry in the NFL. No, it's not the Vikings and the Packers. It's the Packers and the Bears. And it's all Green Bay right now. After a clunker when they got beat by the Minnesota Vikings uh, in week one, the Vikings dominated that game. Green Bay all over the Bears, 24-7 at the half at Lambeau Field. We'll have another rundown of all the NFL scores a little bit later on tonight. Jonathan Lowe and I will uh, talk football, talk a little college football as well uh, later on tonight. Still to come following the news here on News Talk, 
E3LWCCO. Uh, we're we're going to uh, focus on St. Paul and uh, rent control or rent stabilization. And Amy Brenmullen, St. Paul's Ward 5 councilman, uh, Councilwoman and current City Council President uh, will join us to talk about it, how it will impact renters, and how it will impact landlords. So we'll get into all of that uh, coming up following the news at 9 tonight here on News Talk E3OWCCO. The weather comfortable, 66 now. Southwest winds at 5 miles an hour, dew point at 58. A little fog overnight, although near 57. And then Monday, 80, 87 on Tuesday. Then 60s on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, we may push 70 next Saturday and Sunday. So definitely uh, cooler by midweek as we head officially for the end of summer and the start of autumn in these parts. Once again, all the news and weather at 9 coming up right here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.